Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone. This is our second Reach Roundtable live stream. I'm Jessica Van, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, and also the host of Maven's executive assistant focused podcast known as Reach. Um, if you're new to this series of ours, it's meant to be informal, casual conversation between colleagues and friends. And we really want it to be both interactive and engaging, but also really relevant. So please, you know, write in with your thoughts, with your questions. If there's anything that you really want to see addressed uh, in our program today, we definitely encourage you to write in and, and share those thoughts with us. And we will collect them and do our best to answer as many of them as we can at the end of our time together today. In each roundtable, we focus on what we think is a timely topic. <laughs> and since this is the season for reflection and renewal, we thought that we would begin today with a discussion on the topic of how to really stay engaged in your work as executive assistants and how to really maintain your passion and commitment to this career. So let me reintroduce and welcome back our roundtablers. Thrilled to be together again with this incredible panel of women. Uh, we have Kristen Beetham, who is executive business partner at Ouster. Welcome. Thank you. We've got Lauren Pelusi, or Lo, as she likes to uh, be called, who is executive assistant at Instacart. Hi, Lo. Hello. And we've got LJ Cohen, executive assistant to the partners of Uncourt Capital. Welcome to you. Hi. Hi. And we've got Ro Hoffer, senior executive assistant to the CEO and co-founder of Mozilla and also the lead EA cohort. Welcome, Ro. So Kristen is going to get us started on this topic, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether you've ever felt stagnated in your career as an executive assistant, and if so, what have you done to address the stagnation? I certainly have. Um, the first thing I do, and, and I, I, I say this, I don't mean this flippantly, but I ask myself, is it me, you know, am I feeling stagnant in my life and I'm just like putting it onto the job and that sounds, you know, very woo woo, but sometimes that's it where you're just not fulfilled. And so you're just, you know, focusing on one thing. If that passes the test, um, then I kind of look at the job and say like, well, what exactly is it? Is it, is it the industry? Is it the actual job? Is it just a period of time within the job that just is like rinse and repeat for a couple of months? Every industry has that. And if all of those questions, if I can get through all of that and I'm like, no, I'm not feeling like I'm moving forward or I'm, I'm no longer intellectually stimulated, then what I try to do is find things that I'm curious about within the company and add to my plate. And by that, I mean, like finding something in the in the company where it's like I tend to be, you know, enamored with product teams. So I if I'm getting all of my work done and everything is running smoothly, I will say like, hey, I really would like to sit down and like and join like the weekly product team meeting because I want to know more about it. Or I love doing events. 
they're, you know, they're having a sales team event and I really would love to help with that because I, I think I'm great at it and I would love to, to add to it. Always running it by my boss to say, what do you think about this? Like, would you mind if I, you know, like sat down with the marketing team once or twice a month? And I, like, no one has ever looked at me and said like, absolutely, you want to know more about this company? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Not for that, you know, because it's just going to make you better at your job. You're going to always find out, you know, it's going to make you more invested and more curious. And um, so that's how I solve for that. You know, that's, you know, and then if it's, and then if that doesn't solve it, that's a that's a deeper issue that you have to look into and address. But I think all of those things help first. Um, Lauren, what what have you done? How have you handled that? If you've had that? Yeah. So, you know, I really think that it's important to have alignment in your career also to the things that are personally important. So um, if I'm ever in a situation that I feel stagnant, there is a self-review, so similar to what you had said, and it's more focusing on, is this job doing things that are important for low? You know, am I, and the thing that I, is most important to me is building relationship. I'm a relationship builder. I love meeting people. I think people give you energy, which creates like networking opportunity and inspires you to show up at work. So um, a little bit similar to what you were preaching on is um, events. I love always like if there's an opportunity for me to utilize the hospitality world that I came from before switching over into the EA world, I am always the first to recommend and also um, just create adventures for people. Offsites, a great time to learn about um, different how your team works with different areas of the business is by building an offsite and you get to learn like each um area of your team in a little bit more in depth. And then the last option is cross function. Another suggestion would be cross-functional one-on-ones. Who are you emailing all the time? Um, you're talking to them. Are you getting to know like what their role is, how they're a part of the business? And that can really start to stimulate how you want to look maybe at your role or maybe future roles at the company. So um, LJ, do you have any input? I do. And actually, it's interesting listening to everyone on the panel, and this is the second time we've done this. It just always strikes me every time how your answers are different from mine and, you know, different from Kristen's. And I, I love that we have these discussions because um, I'm the exact opposite. I'm not an events person. I will do it if I need to. But for me, there's so many other things of the about the career that, as you said, taking that internal look of what is important to me. And I do feel like at the beginning of my career, like Kristen said, if there was that stagnation, then often I would be unhappy with my job per se. And well, I need to look for something different. And the answer generally is that internal reflection, which is, well, what is it about this that makes sense for me? What is it that I'm not being fulfilled on? What is it that makes me happy to show up every single day? And so pulling that all together is there is no one size fits mm -hmm. all. And sometimes we, we grow. And when you recognize that growth, instead of fighting against it, figure out what is that that you need to look forward to for the next thing. If it's a different job, maybe, but as Kristen laid out, there's a lot of different ways to participate in the job. The only other thing that I'll comment on that is I have had executives say, mm, nope, I want you to focus on me. 
nothing else. Don't, you know, I, I don't want you, you know, spending any time on anything else. Or if you do, that's great. You can do it on your own time, um, which makes for a very, very long day. So that right there is, again, we've all had different experiences in that arena and different mentorship and different ways to grow. And I think it starts with everybody listening today of where are you and what do you want? And, and what is that next thing that means growth? to you and how are you going to find that? Yeah. I, I really like what, what Kristen led with around asking the question of yourself first and foremost, because mm -hmm. I think that there's definitely a temptation in us as human beings to want to externalize the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's just easier to project out and say the problem is outside of me um, versus really like taking that inner look and, and questioning and internalizing, right? Is there something that I'm dissatisfied with just on a, on a human level, on a personal level? And do you start there? You know, it's not always the answer, but I think it's an important step to at least go through that check. What do you think, Ro? What are your thoughts? You said something there, Jessica, that made sparks fly in my head in a good way. Sometimes <laughs> it's external of us. And I, it took me back to the memory lane of remember in the early 2000s, the dot-com bust when the industry just fell flat. That was the first time I felt, maybe not stagnated, but there was death lack of pep in my step. And it was not anything about, did I feel my skill set had gotten misaligned or was my boss not giving me enough? But the situation back then was, gosh, we were maybe in seventh round of trying to get funding so for the you who know how painful that is, and there just wasn't any traction industry-wise, company-wise, team-wise, people were deflated. And you can't do much about that feeling of, wow, things are dwindling down or sliding off. But mm -hmm. there's always the side of there are people to nurture. There mm -hmm. are always relationships to connect with you or with each other and all of us seem to have this common thread of wanting that connective tissue to be part of our dna and for those of us who love that whether it be because of events that you put together or for those of us who don't really like or not that we don't like it that's not my jam just like <laughs> what you were saying it's not my immediate go-to but mm -hmm. there are so many different ways to just revitalize any aspect and if it's not even that Take someone under your wing. There's always coaching and mentorship that you can offer up to someone, whether you're titled with several certifications. It's not always an official way of coaching. There's always some way to lift somebody else up, open the door for somebody else, a newbie who's starting. So that's my take on it. Sometimes when it's happening to be a feeling of, wow, I'm lacking pep in my step, take on somebody new under your wing, it'll fuel your passion again, because it makes you want to explore so much about this role that you love. Yeah. I mean, having witnessed your career for the last, like, gosh, what, 12 plus years, Ro, I mean, I, I think that you really exemplify that advice, because you've certainly done that, of, of developing and creating um, a coaching and mentorship function within your role. And, you know, when we introduced you, we mentioned that you are the the uh, lead EA cohort. I mean, that's something that that really you you drove um, as 
as a, a, an avenue within your current role. And I commend you for that. So I, I think that there, there's absolutely um, those opportunities to reinvigorate. So what about having the hard conversations with your executives? You know, LJ, you mentioned that sometimes you've said, hey, you know, I'd like to focus on these other things. And the executive has full on said, no, <laughs> just, just me, all me, all day, every day, which is a distinct possibility as you've just described. So maybe you can start us off with, you know, how, how do you have hard conversations? Have you ever had to do that? And how did you prepare for it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's been a progression um, because I do remember at the beginning of my career, generally when you saw that hard conversation coming, such as, hey, I'm not happy with this or I'd like to try more of that or maybe it's time to leave, right? And so how do you even broach that conversation uh, with somebody that you respect, somebody that you know needs you so much and um, you basically are running their entire company or their life how do you broach that hard conversation with that executive? And I feel like at the beginning of my career, um, it's very nerve wracking because you don't know how it's going to go. You worry about disappointing this person, all of the above. Um, and I think it's been a progression of the conversations have been more productive. The more times that I've started before the conversation, preparing the hard conversation with myself. And that is the most important part because then you walk into that room knowing what you believe the outcome should be, what you know in your, in your gut is going to be the right next step for you. Um, and the, the honest truth is, is regardless of whatever conversation, how that conversation goes with your executive, they're going to react the way that they react. And I'm sure everybody listening knows the way that your executive responds to certain, you know, different situations. It is different for every, every person, how they handle it. But what I learned was if I know what I need out of this, regardless of how they react, I can lay out what it is that I need. They can either meet it, we can negotiate about it, or they can't. And then that gives you your next steps. That gives you your next conversation. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from others. Uh, Kristen, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, one of the things that I thought about, I've been thinking about as as you said it, was that when you're the person you were supporting basically said, no, I want you to support me. And just running through like this in my brain, I'm like, that's a completely valid answer. That's what we're hired mm -hmm. to do. You know what I mean? Like that is not a like, oh my God, what a terrible person. Like how dare they? Because they're truly like, that's what we're hired to do. So I think entering conversations any conversation is to have an open mind and understand that your perception of the situation might be slightly different than the person you're approaching. So when you approach them, kind of try to step into their, to their shoes and say, like, if I go to my boss and say, like, I'm feeling kind of stagnant, I'm a little worried about my career path. From their point of view, they would say, like, okay, well, what do you need? Like specifics? Why do you feel stagnant? What are you looking for? Like to go to somebody and just give these like, broad, like, I feel like this, it's really not going to get you anywhere. It's also inefficient communication. So to go and say like, hey, I would like to add this to my plate. I know I, I mean, here's what I'm going to do it. It's like, I'm going to add, join this meeting every Thursday. You're in this meeting. It shouldn't affect anything and really have a plan or at least have an AB plan where it's like, I could do it this way or we can do it this way. And then it's efficient communication and you're giving your, you're allowing 
them the respect of like stepping in their shoes and being like, well, maybe, you know, they need help. They hired you to have help. Um, they don't want to lose that help, but they also do want you to be happy. So I think being specific, um, and I say this, I sound like I'm real bright right now with it, but I have can only say this because I've had those conversations where I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty bad. So <laughs> I've learned this through failure, everyone. <laughs> Um, uh, Ro, what, do you, what have you, how have you approached difficult situations? So I'm hearing, I'm hearing from both of you that there needs to be a very intentional conversation, right? You don't go haphazard into a conversation like this. A designed alliance is always good because a designed alliance comes from both sides. And if you have an executive who is supportive of the profession, first and foremost, not just you as the person who's so attached which is what we're there for, as you're saying, Kristen, when they see the profession of the EA as something as valid and valuable, mm -hmm. an executive who knows how to retain and also keep you invigorated, most of the time will not say a flat out, no, just because. There mm -hmm. is something behind it that they're needing to either mull over so it's our responsibility to make sure that we have designed something to where you can say, I would like to expand my scope and I want to dip into here. Mm. This is what it's going to take away from my schedule. But I promise that I have weighed how my work schedule is going to look like. And then when you say things like that, well, you better be darn sure you're going to deliver what you said you would, <laughs> you mm. would do and not do. See, what happens is when we start dipping into projects that take us away from the very foundation of this, this role that we've built upon, and then you start diluting the role. I've seen it happen where, oh, you just shot your own foot yep. because what you were brought in for, you have strayed so far. Now you're almost like a different category. So that mm -hmm. designed alliance, a consistent and constant check-in, that's right. also important. Yeah, anyone we just got else through Thanksgiving, right? It, for some mm -hmm. reason, I don't know why, but I think about like, we just got through Thanksgiving. It's like, you got to get the turkey and then you can focus on all the side dishes yeah. and whatnot. But if you, if, <laughs> if you screw up, if you burn the turkey, <laughs> nobody's walking away saying, I can't wait to do this again next year, right? Like you've got to, you've got to take care of the, of, of home base first. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious, Kristen, you said that, you know, you've, you've learned from failure that, you've had some conversations that just absolutely flopped. Can you can you clarify what you mean by that? Like flopped in that they didn't go the way you wanted or you didn't handle it how you wish you would have or? Oh yeah, so I, I would say, and, and granted this has just come with maturity through life. Um, I It took me a, num a few years as an, ex as a, an executive assistant to really under, I mean, this is gonna sound maybe silly, but to really understand what my role was mm -hmm. and to deeply respect it and to understand, like to really sit in the person I'm supporting shoes and understand where my, like, my, my place is. And I don't mean that in a, like a derogatory fashion, but just being like, what does their day-to-day -day life look like? And what, what am I adding to it? And so there's, and I'm sure that we've all come in contact with this where there's like a lot of people, not necessarily in the EA role, but in a lot of roles that are like, I want this, this, and this. Like they, they get hired and they're immediately like, what does my career track look like? They're just getting, trying to get as far out of it as possible. And that comes from like having a lack of 
you know, internal sense of self and like an inability to like really, you know, step into somebody else's shoes and understand like, you know, how frustrating that must be. So the conversations I've had, I, you know, like I said, it's like going into a conversation and saying like, I want to do this, 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 and this. And isn't that great that I have all this like gumption and like, I'm so, you know, it's like eyes on the prize. And I'm like, I'm so, you know, you know, diverse in the things that I can do. And the reality is, it's like, well, no, because that's not what they hired me for. So while that can be great and be interesting at cocktail parties to be like, here's all the things that I'm interested in to I like really sit and like know that like, they're like, well, we didn't hire you for marketing. We hired you to like help me stay on schedule and, you know, just and and help with this laundry list of things that that we talked about. Um, that was the immaturity of like of going in and approaching something and not doing what Rose said as like actually having like, you know, respect for the role and respect and like the and actually following through with like, I am going to do everything I told you I was going to do. And then this as well, or to have a normal, you know, about an extended timeline of like what that looks like. Um, it's, you know, I would say like the one word I would use is like an unintentional selfishness, maybe. Um, so I think that's just something to think about with every conversation, regardless of work that you go into is to be like, well, how is, you know, what, how is the other, per how could the other person possibly be perceiving this? And then you'll make wiser choices. That was long, I'm sorry. No, that was, that was great. <laughs> There are a lot, there are a lot of aha moments, like listening to everybody, because I remember like my first, like I was a, a senior AA role and that was me. Like I, I switched industries, like I saw what people were doing. I just wanted to like climb, 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 but, and I overcommitted myself like completely and like had a one-on-one -on -one with one of the other EAs that had been there and it's like, well, who's telling you to do this? I'm like, I'm, I'm doing like, like, look at me, I'm doing great things. And they're like, but like, what about your job? And it was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, <"Is> that okay? <laughs> like, so it, it is very easy to get caught up in that. However, if you are with somebody that does not see your light and see what you are contributing and willing to say, if you are handling your business, because then it got to the point where I was handling and, mm -hmm. and the rest of my, like, once you learn that hard lesson, you, you don't want to be there again. So once I understood that and I was with people or a person that didn't see what I was bringing to the table and tried to dim the light that I was trying mm -hmm. to catch, I got out of that situation right away. So if you are working with somebody, if you are doing your role and you're like doing a great job and you have your receipts and like, you know, you come correct to that meeting, you know, you're coming if you need to come correct, because the beautiful part of a lot of relationships are it's not like a scared conversation because this person knows you, they support you, they want you to grow. Your success is their success. But mm -hmm. as long as you, if you are with somebody that is not willing to see you grow, whether it's like up here or that way, I'm telling you, do not waste your time being in that situation, because if they can't see what you're bringing when you're really bringing your A game, they're never going to see it. So that's when you have to really self-edit like, okay, is this executive the right one? Is this team the right one for me? Or do I need to like put myself in a better environment? Very well said, <laughs> everyone. So what about 
understanding what it takes to have staying power in this career, right? I mean, we're uh, this this panel represents uh, a breadth of of tenure and, and seniority within your um, within your careers, and I'm curious to hear from each of you your thoughts on on longevity and staying power. And maybe Ro, you can you can head off uh, this conversation for us, but I'd love to love to hear your thoughts. Staying power, thirty years, <laughs> thirty years. My goodness gracious. So most of the time we'll throw the word out of, oh, you have to be passionate. But what gives us passion? Exactly. It's one of those things. Okay, I love the word passion. What what does that mean for me? So I kind of think of it as I just don't want to have staying power. There's slaying power. I don't want to just stay. I want to slay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, that's a t-shirt. It working. is. I think that's Beyonce's okay. next hit, Ro. I know. <laughs> write that down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> write that down, people. Um, but I think Slaying. the staying power, the slaying power, curiosity. I've said this in other panels or other roundtables. Be curious. I don't subscribe to curiosity kills the cat. Curiosity feeds, feeds the cat. Of course, I say that with caution, not to misunderstand that being nosy is not curiosity. If you're just mm -hmm. nosy because you just think you are entitled to know every little bit of information about anyone's business, that's not the same as curiosity. And curiosity just keeps us... Um, alive, like intellectually. Mm -hmm. And then it also provides us some agility in how we push and pull on those levers that we all know as executive assistants, they are bountiful. Also being agile emotionally, who better to know how wackadoodle this world mm -hmm. is as far as EAing goes? Did I just say wackadoodle? Sure. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> along with being agile mentally, I think we don't have to be reminded that we're in a very unpredictable profession and chaotic. So from even the little day-to-day -day state of the office that we sit in and the big shifts in an org, if you are not emotionally agile, you're just going to be taken down. I remember Lowe saying this on the first at the first round table it stuck with me the knowing what hill you want to die on climb and mm -hmm. die on mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't fight every single battle there has to be a point where you just know this one is not the one for today and because that will come around again tomorrow so the staying power comes from just really being so generous with yourself and allowing yourself to be very curious because once you stop being curious, that's, that's the death of your pep in your step. And yeah. I don't mean you always have to go all in. I am not saying you can't have boundaries, but you just have to know what, what makes you want to get up in the morning and sit in front of your large size monitor for the next eight to nine hours. Anyone else there? contribution. I think an interesting um, point
point or an interesting aspect of our job. I like to think that I get like master classes, you know, with I support four people right now and each of them bring a different thing to the table. Um, and you learn a lot by reading people's emails, like, mm -hmm. and like what we said with discretion, but like, mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about business writing from one of my execs. Um, it, you know, it, it could be slightly calling out writing, but like, it's still mm -hmm. pertains to the business, you know? Um, so I think you have to, again, know like what your North star is and think about your North star and not just make it okay. Like I want to be a successful EA. It's like, I want to, you know, where are you working? What are your roles and responsibilities? Like you're thinking about like, what is your end game? Like this would be the ultimate job, right? And understanding that, like, and that is what you are trying to get to every day. And by setting that goal and not even goal, by setting that vision of like where I want to get to, I'm constantly evolving to get there, but I'm not exactly there. Like, you mean, cause I'm a, like still working for somebody and not myself, but you know, because I've set that high bar for myself, it's very easy for me to wake up with like focus and drive and know that I'm attempting to get to the next, the next goal. And every day is bringing me closer to that. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I love and that. There are so I, many... I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, actually, I was going to dovetail off of what you had said earlier, Ro, which was, uh, for me, it's the mentorship. Um, that's what gets me excited and the staying power in this in this career is to be the person that I wish I had had 20 years ago for somebody else. And, and it's exciting and renewing to see that coming back around and also seeing the way that this industry is changing. Um, and I feel like we're a big part of that change. Um, and because of that, we have that opportunity. And so that keeps it fresh for me. There, there isn't a lot that is new per se in what I do on a day-to-day -day basis but it's new for somebody else and it can be done a different way. And I think about different ways to do it and different ways that I can share, you know, as Lo said, that light. And I share it in my way with the people that they have a lot of that same vision. It's like, okay, well, here I am. And you have a lot of that same vision. So here's how I've gotten here. So actually being a part of this podcast has been really fulfilling for me and staying in this career because I feel like I get, to give back some of that and help others along their journey. I, I mean, obviously I love that you just said that, but I, <laughs> I, I, I can't, like, I, I think that um, it's, it's just so affirming to mm -hmm. hear some of the comments that, that we receive. And I'm sure that each of you receive um, as being part of, you know, of this community and, and being, um, really putting yourselves out there and, and, and being generous of yourselves. Like it's, it's so lovely and it's so encouraging, you know, to hear that people are really um, connecting to these conversations, this material, these learning opportunities. It really does. It, it, it energizes us too. So it's, I mean, I, I appreciate hearing you say that. Um, Lo, you kind of touched on this about, you know, for instance, in your current role, you mentioned that, you're learning a lot, uh, even from from one of these executives, just about kind of business correspondence and communication and things of that nature. But I'm curious to dig a little deeper and and ask, you know, how does this role continue to stimulate you? And 
what are you doing personally to continue to keep the role fresh and interesting? If, if there's other examples that maybe come to mind um, on that thought. Yeah. So I'd say the first two companies, even Instacart, I was really heavily involved with a lot of like DB efforts. Um, that's diversity, equity, and belonging. Mm -hmm. And I had led um, the company's ERGs, um, one of the ERGs for black employees at, at all three at one point. And I actually um, got a little bit of burnout from that and decided to temporarily walk away from ERG land. So I was in this this unstimulated area um, last May. Mm -hmm. And so, because it was a big part of my identity was, it was always something I could bring to the table. Like, you know, um, starting a new job, it's like, where are the ERGs? Mm -hmm. Who do I need to talk to? And um, so it was, but for my personal like well-being, I needed to, I needed to drop it. I needed to walk away. I needed to focus on low. So. I had to find something else. And along with advocating for like um, groups that um, don't see representation at the top in their C-suite, I noticed that as an EA, sometimes we don't necessarily see a lot of um, structure in how like our career is. Um, at my current company, you know, we're still working on our career ladder. Um, and I work for a pretty big company. People would think, wow, like really? Like, how do you not? Well, it's something we're working on. And so where does my advocacy has changed from working with ERGs to now being more focused in the EA community and to like what everyone was saying before around mentorship, you know, mentorship doesn't need to be a formal thing. I actually think when it's when it's formalized, you're kind of setting guardrails and you're kind of putting something in a, in, in a sphere that isn't meant to be there. It's supposed to be like, it trickles, you know, it's like you throw a rock in a pond and all the ripples. That is like what happens when organic mentorships come out. And that has really started to fuel what I like to do in my current role. And I've been doing this mainly by having one-on-ones a lot. You know, we have a lot of recruiters, um, like recruiting coordinators that we work with at my company. That job can tend to be with a lot of people that start contract, right? So I'm emailing. I notice like, wow, this person is really good. Have you ever thought about doing like an EA role and having those like little conversations that like when, you know, opportunities do approach them, it's like, you know, let me swing this by low. Let's talk it out. So I think learning to switch up where you have been like with put where you've been putting your time and maybe take the skill set that you're good at take the skill set that you enjoy doing but maybe use it in a different front and it's still like continuing those ripples from happening so it's not saying oh like work on something that you're not good at like focus on your weakness get better it's like take that skill set take that program project management take it and let's see where else we can use it in the company and you're also just going to create new opportunities for yourself and create a bigger network i love everything about that i'm just like tell me more <laughs> later everything <laughs> more just keep talking. <laughs> it's amazing. That's so amazing. It's so good. May I add something to what Lo just said? Tickled my heart as well. We're also not confining the stimulation and the reinvigorating to just being our EA selves. 
Let's not forget mm-hmm. the human behind this job that we do and care about. So sometimes stimulation and inspiration come from something completely outside of the nine, eight, nine hours that we're sitting in front of our desk, right? So don't forget that just because it's not related to the job you're doing, that it's not beneficial or doesn't contribute to your development. A lot of inspiration for me came from not necessarily, and I'm not saying that don't pay attention to professional development courses or seminars, a big fan of all of that, but sometimes doing something so completely off your beaten path, I don't know, taking a class that you would never have thought to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, My go-to is when I need to refresh a new routine that I have to choreograph. And I know we still need to do the dance off, Jessica. But you, you saw me I smile. Know. Like, I knew exactly what I you know, were going to say, bro. <laughs> like, here it comes. Here it comes. There are so many things in your in your repository of things you love to do, whatever those are, that you can draw upon. I think what makes us very successful and interesting people for the people we work with and for is we are full colorful humans right so mm-hmm. don't don't limit yourself to oh everything has to come from just the ea world yeah i love that so much i was absolutely thinking about that as well as you guys were talking which is the human element and these are the things that i feel like uh is in a lot of the conversation recently the the idea that you know the the great resignation is mm-hmm. based on that idea of who am I? What is, gets me up in the morning? What stimulate, stimulates me? And maybe it's not the current work environment, but also maybe it's not work at all. Maybe it's there's something else my my focus needs to be on. Maybe it's starting a company. Maybe it's doing something that I never thought I could before. Um, and also dovetailing into that and bringing it back to the EA career, that's actually been a lot of my career progression was, I mean, for example, this is my first time in VC. And when I was interviewing for these roles, and then also previous to that, I I had startup experience, but not corporate experience. And so every single time I made that purposeful shift, it was because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I had no experience in that realm, but I had experience with people. I had my skill set. I had the things that I wanted to work on, but I wanted to go into a different industry within my skill set. And so that was the next journey for me, which was I went from startups to, well, now I want to see what it looks like to be on the other side of a Fortune 500 and all the things that you eke out every single day, learning about mergers and acquisitions and all these different things that I had my core job. But you, you get that from the periphery because we, we touch so many different areas. Um, and then now it's being in the VC world. This is, I had very little internal context of it but it was it was a little terrifying honestly to to go into something where it's like well what do you know about this nothing but I know how to do this this and this and this is what you're looking for and so along the way I'm going to get exposure to this I'm going to get to see the internal workings of this part of the business ecosystem Um, And so for everybody that's like scared to try something new within your career, there's a lot of things that cross over. And if it's something you're interested in, something you've always wanted to learn about, well, shoot, go work for that person and, and get to touch that every single day. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but that's 
that terrifying leap is incredibly stimulating. So Kristen, I'm excited to see what you do with this question. <laughs> what is your response to the statement that the EA role is a stepping stone? It is a stepping stone. It's, it is a, and also it is a paid education. I think that like ultimately for me, um, I am not a sports person. I am not coordinated. You will not find me on any field um, tossing any sort of all around. So, but my sport is, is business and learning and like learning about things that I have never thought I would have any business learning about, asking questions in situations that I'm in, in, in an appropriate manner of, you know, the executives that I work with. And I think that it is such a shame. It's heartbreaking, actually, is that I think that sometimes people are like, have a like, just an EA or I'm an EA, but how do I get to this? When actually like being an EA, just the nature of our job, like even if you're just looking at a calendar, when you are calendaring for someone and you realize that every 30 minute meeting, that is a person that only sees, will maybe get 30 minutes of that person's time once a month or once every two months. And we get it, you know, all week that we are privy to situations and conversations and knowledge about the entire business that people will never be privy to. And it's like, there's a, I'm like, I, I'm very proud of that, but I'm also, it just piques my curiosity. I know that it's a, that it's special. Um, and with that, you know, I, I'm, I know a little bit about a lot of things. It's like master of nothing, but like, it's, it's amazing. It's like, you can, you know, there's the, the knowledge that I have in different areas of any company that I've worked for could at any point lead me down a path of like, oh my gosh, I would never have thought that's something I have interest in. It's just a stepping stone for life. I mean, the, I'm sure we could all sit for hours and talk about, you know, anecdotally about, you know, rare situations that have happened and what we've learned about human nature and about business and about boundaries and about all this stuff. It's just, I mean, it's constant. So and about so, leadership and leadership. advocacy and integrity. I mean, it, it goes right. on and on. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's um, I don't know if it's coming across, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it is. I mean, I also think about like just, you know, some of the conversations that we've had over the years, Kristen, yeah. like how many people apart from, you know, the executives maybe on like the finance team or investor relations or whatever, and the CEO or the co-founder, how many people within, <clears throat> excuse me, within an organization actually get to witness firsthand what goes on behind the scenes of an acquisition oh, or, an, or taking right. a company public? Very, Absolutely. very few people within an organization actually have any kind of meaningful role or involvement or exposure to the inner workings of things like that. Absolutely. Except maybe the executive assistants who are working alongside those those Absolutely. executives, right? So there's just there's so much um, access and really privilege that's that's bestowed upon executive assistants if they're, you know, in in the right um, mindset to really mm -hmm. see that opportunity to absorb it. Uh, yeah, no, it, totally. it's like I can't say enough uh, good things about it. I mean, and it breaks my heart when people don't take pride in it. Like it's, right. it, is, it is a very, very special um, role to be in. Very special. So uh, Ro, please enlighten us on your thoughts on this. 
did you see my heads bopping up and down and all around? <laughs> Jessica, Jessica, you said you said the word people who want to absorb it, and then I just want to once again exclamation point on if you're curious. These are things that will come at you. They're ever present for you to just take in full on. But when you're that type of mindset where, meh, this is just easy street for me. I've done this for so long. This is all my executive needs. Clock in, clock out. Mm -hmm. Then so many opportunities pass you by. Opportunities, not just in the career growth, but your own personal growth and your connection to people. And I don't want to say that you have to be front and center. That is not for everyone. That is not for everyone's liking. Uh, applause for those who know that they're introverts and this is not their jam. But curiosity doesn't mean that it's all about gimme, 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 right? Mm -hmm. It's just... If you have antenna up, that's also servitude that's very positive for your executive, who at the end of the day is who you're really there for. It's honoring the work. This is props to Jeremy Burroughs, who always gives me the honor the work because we love the EA world. It's not just a stepping stone. Maybe to me when I hear that people who say it's a stepping stone to be a marketing program manager. Okay, no flaw in that, but it's one of those things, if you're clear that that's the role you want to get to, and you think being the EA is the way to get there, uh, let's calibrate there because the EA profession is no longer your entry for a temporary basis. Companies invest in us in this role. You know, Jessica, that's the profession you're in. The amount of time and resources given to hiring the right executive assistant. Oh my gosh, compared to what, 30 years ago when I started? Vast difference. So if, if there are people who are thinking this is just my stepping stone, maybe remove the just word in there. Not a favorite part of the sentence. Mm -hmm. And it is a stepping stone to us what Kristen said, personal wealth and development. There's nothing wrong with it, but recalibrate how you see it and how you verbalize it. Absolutely. That's well that's super important actually. The the way that you phrase that and just the resources that get allocated to this career now within companies. That that is incredibly different from from what it used to be. Um, and it also brings back, uh, there have been positions that I've been in over the years um, that I've worked with different, you know, C-levels or VPs to bring in um, executive assistants for their teams and trying to figure out that match mm -hmm. because some of those teams, the, the purpose of the role that they have is very much a dual role. It's less about an executive assistant as if you dive into it with them. It's like, yes, I need somebody who can handle all of these marketing brochures, they need to be able to handle this. And then I also need them to be able to understand my calendar. So it's very much a dual role, which for someone like me, that's not my interest. That's not what I do. But to be able to match them with somebody that, yes, while it may be something that they're interested in, they want somebody for the first two years, they're going to be handling this dual role, and then they get to move into marketing. It's a plan. It's a very purposeful plan once you have that conversation and get them to understand that 
it's not that that's a natural transition by any means. It's that you need to search for the person that fits that particular mm-hmm. set of goals. And if you're looking for somebody to be a career EA, but you're trying to come, I guess, um, coax them into your role by offering other opportunities, it's, it's a mixed signal. It's very much a conflict of interest. If you want one, it might not be the other. Mm-hmm. By the same token, one of my favorite, like, EAs that I ever hired, she had very, very little experience, but she was incredibly passionate about the job description that I had and all the different things. And she's like, look, I'm going to be very clear with you. This is something that I want to do because I'm passionate about the company and I know I can do this. However, my goal is this. And she was very upfront with that. She was that know yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, that actually works for us because this part of the team right here, this is what they need. And it is going to be a year or two down the road. So yes, it's an entry in. That's not the norm anymore. That's not the purpose of the role. I I dare say for any role, that's not what you're, you don't go into finance because you're hoping to then switch to marketing. But a lot of times when you have that, open and honest conversation about what are you really looking for? What are your career goals? You can find that match or they find us somewhere else by talking to Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we should um, open up the dialogue to our audience and ask if anyone has any questions um, that they'd love to hear our panelists discuss. And if not, we have more questions um, of one another, but I thought I would just pause for a moment and see if there was anything burning. They just want to know the prize or who's going to get it. Probably, (laughs) probably. (laughs) The getaway, Jessica, the getaway. (laughs) I know, me and my Freudian slips, now everything pales. But while we wait for our our audience, um, one thing that I think sometimes comes up with uh, with candidates um, that we encounter as a recruiting firm are are concerns that maybe parts of themselves or parts of their skills that they've previously cultivated are kind of atrophying or falling Mm -hmm. to the wayside because they're not being regularly flexed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, maybe LJ, you can start with with this um, set of answers, but curious if that's ever been a thing for you and, you know, how you've addressed it, if it has been. The answer is yes, but uh, for me, it's been purposeful because as I have gone through the self-reflection from the different roles that I've been in, and I I feel like actually the role that I'm in now... um, I have the the benefit of hindsight of I've done so many things. I've done this. I've done that. I've flexed, as you said, those muscles and I've learned that skill set. And it was interesting and it was fantastic. Um, but it wasn't exactly what got me up in the morning and what, you know, how I showed up. And so then that, that is a clue for me of to, well, then I don't need to be the best event planner purpose, you know, in the world. I'm not interested in being a professional jet booker. Like there's all these different things that it's helped guide me into if I start to miss something, if I'm sad about 
something atrophying, then that's a that's a clue for me that I should get back into that in my skill set. That should be something that I should look for. Um, but very, very purposefully, as I've gone along my career progression, it's funny because it's actually gotten me to where I am today, which is every single day I am literally working on exactly what I love every day, every moment of every day, because the, the, the job that I am doing, I purposely spoke to them and I searched and searched and searched until I found this one. And so, yes, that means a lot of the things that I've done previously in my career, I don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. And sure. Could I learn them again if I wanted to? Absolutely. This is what we do. We learn new skills all the time. But for me, it was a, a choice to get to the very specific things that I wanted to specialize in that just makes me giddy every single day that I get to do. <laughs> and that goes back to your, the, I think, a thread that you've been saying in this, in this last hour about knowing yourself and knowing what is most vital to you. Yeah. And really seeking, identifying that and then, you know, and then seeking it. Go find it. There, Go there is a it. position for everybody. There is that, that special combination. And then when you grow, go to the next one of, of what that looks like, what next step that is for you. Ro, I have a, a final question for, for the group, and maybe you can um, kick this off for us, which is what advice do you have for executive assistants who say things like, or, or rather feel things like, ah, I could do this job in my sleep? <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> we, we are definitely champions in our very special skill sets. Just like what LJ was saying, when you are very self-aware of the things you love to do about this job, then you get so good at it, right? And then there are those that you don't, they're not your favorites. So eventually you know that that's not your jam and you release those. Not saying you'll never do them, but those are not anymore what gives you the pep in your step. But let's not present that, that picture as I can do that in my sleep. It's been thrown around so often in interviews, even in conversations of ah, calendaring can do that in my sleep. To me, it's self, it self-contains self you. It boxed you in because mm -hmm. sure, is the calendar easy for us to do? It better be. It's our bread and butter. But beyond calendaring, I think, uh, like what Kristen said, what goes behind that meeting you just put together? Who was mm -hmm. that person? What is the value of that person? What does that 30 minutes give to the mission? So to say, uh, do that. Even though we know we're good at it, who doesn't love a perfectly Tetris calendar? I love Tetris <laughs> calendars. But, but the thing that, that the beauty behind that is learning. What did I learn from doing mm. the, from the mechanism that was in place? So mm -hmm. reframe that, reframe this in my sleep. I have a very good friend that, I mean, you guys have all heard the, the adage or whatever, but you know, only boring people are bored. Get bored. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds mm -hmm. me of that. I mean, it's like, you know, there's so much context and material and, and knowledge to be grasped if, if you don't tune out if you sure if you tune out of course you can do it in your sleep but if you're actively tuning in there's a, a plethora an abundance as we've spent the last hour discussing of things that you can dial into and and absorb and knowledge 
improvement. It's really boundless. Um, Diane asks a question of the four of you, which is, um, does anyone have any recommendations for specific conferences, whether it's virtual or in person, um, that you've attended that have been helpful? I mean, I would say I, truly, like I've been in EA for a very long time, and um, you know, earmuffs, Jessica, but like the Reach podcast, I have listened to almost every single one, mm -hmm. and I have learned so much from like all of the people that have been interviewed on it. And every single time I learn something where I'm like, ooh, that's a different perspective. I didn't see it, think of it that way. Hmm. Or wow, that's a really nice touch. Or like, there's been some where I've listened to and I'm like, I am the worst EA ever. This person, <laughs> you know? And so I just think that it's like, and they're fun and funny and I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to. <laughs> like they're just amazing like and i mean there's a few that we listen to because i'm like hmm, i need a motivation a, like motivational speech yeah. in the morning or something they're just great they're really they're they're very helpful as an ea and then I, I think uh, reading business books too like i read a lot of business books because i kind of now see everything like an episode of billions and so i'm so fascinated <laughs> Um, so anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I did not mean to. <laughs> uh, I love that. That actually goes with, the, you know, we're in such an exciting time for our industry right now. And especially things like this podcast and, and the work that Jessica and her team put into it. It's providing one more avenue to think about things differently. And she's curating a great, a lot of great experiences. And so, Diane, there's there's a lot of those. There's so many now to, to choose from. Um, we can't choose. Uh, so you'll figure out what it is. And like uh, Rose said, start biting off a couple pieces and see what resonates with you. And if you ever get a chance, like when we're back in person to like travel with your people to conferences, those have been the ones that I've really taken the most um, the most out of mm -hmm. going to Dreamforce. Um, I've been a handful of times and every time getting to mm -hmm. keynote speakers and just the energy there, it's really, that's always a great recharge. I definitely feel that I miss going to those large scale conferences because you know, you either orchestrated an event or like did something to contribute and you're listening to the keynote and then there's so much energy and that's a great way if you ever need that recharge is to go be around a bunch of people that are excited about the same thing. Absolutely. Well, we are about at time. So I, I just want to wrap by once again, thanking this incredible panel that, uh, that has joined us today. I, as always, I'm grateful for your time, but grateful for the knowledge that you each bring to each and every discussion. Um, so thank you, as, as always. And, um, you know, Diane, uh, your, your question is, is timely, too, in that um, um, we, are, we are launching our first e-learning course and coaching um, program. And it's something that we've had underway for the last year or so. And we're choosing to make this uh, kickoff inauguration course about becoming a becoming a chief of staff. But the the objective of the course is also really to help those that are you know already strategic executive assistants either up level and learn additional strategic assets and knowledge and um, 
skill to help them refine even further their careers as strategic EAs, because as we've established throughout this whole discussion, this career is abundant with, um, with opportunity. And so there's that angle, but there's also the angle of for those who are seeking a, a track outside of the role, uh, how they can leverage all of the incredible exposure and learning that they've developed as an EA in the service of becoming a chief of staff. So visit our website. You can learn more there if you want to kind of uh, pre-register for additional information or get a sneak peek at promotional opportunities. But the, the, um, the launch will happen in January of 2022. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.